Hello and welcome to Isme and Conversation, a podcast all about advice for leaders of independent businesses. My name is Ed and I'll be asking our guests for the best pieces of advice that they've ever received, as well as the worst. They'll also, of course, be sharing practical and implementable tips and advice for business leaders. On this episode, we have Laura Daniel from We Grow Startups. We Grow Startups are a paid media agency who work with technology startups and scale-ups and fast-growing brands. We're going to be discussing the first steps that every business should take in digital marketing, common mistakes when businesses embrace digital marketing, and what we can learn from how big business does it. So with that in mind, hello, Laura. Thank you very much for coming on Is Me In Conversation. Please, could you introduce yourself uh, and tell us a little bit about We Grow Startups? Yeah. So I'm Laura Daniel and I'm a marketeer. My background is quite varied. So originally I did a chemistry degree, um, but through that, I really realized that what I wanted was to work with people. And that sort of led me into marketing and consultancy and into customer data. So through my marketing journey, I've worked with lots of brands from the very big to the very small. So I used to work with Unilever, Coca-Cola. More recently, though, I work with startups, scale-ups and fast-growing businesses. And that really is, I think, where I, I fit best. I love the ability to have a significant impact in what I do. And I love the opportunity to work really closely with founders and, and small teams. So now I'm one of the co-founders of WeGrow Startups. And we help tech startups predominantly to find new customers as quickly and cost-effectively as possible. So that might be new app downloads. That might be finding leads for their B2B service. It might be finding new customers for their training course but we help them to do that through paid digital advertising that's who you are that's what you do so a little bit more about the sector what are the first steps that any business really should do to sort of dip their toe in the water of digital marketing as you've just described it yeah so they should really start at the bottom of the funnel and what I mean by that is that the marketing funnel is like awareness consideration and then at the bottom you've got you know conversion the bottom of the funnel is all about converting intent. So if you're selling tea in the market, you want to make sure that anyone who is looking for tea right now can find you as quickly and easily as possible and that you are the most relevant search result for them. So what that means in practice is setting up a Google branded campaign so that if someone searches for your brand, that they find you easily. It means setting up uh, perhaps a Google Performance Max campaign, which is like Google Shopping, but it's sort of the new version. And make sure you have some retargeting in place. And what I mean by that is when people visit your website, they might not immediately convert or become a customer. So retargeting means that ads on Facebook or Instagram, for example, would then find those customers after they visited the website to give them another nudge to encourage them to come back to the website and actually convert and become a customer. So that's the very beginning, making sure that you absolutely harness all the intent in the market and you grasp all of that. Once you've got that quite well established, now's the time then to widen your net and start talking to people who aren't necessarily ready to buy right now, but they are your target market and they are kind of open in that sort of consideration tier. And that's when you want to start prospecting and starting to tell a wider net of people about your brand and your product. Now, I'm going to jump right in here because I don't know what I'm talking about. What's HubSpot? How does it fit in to what you do? So um, HubSpot is a CRM and sales management platform. CRM is customer relationship marketing. And the point of HubSpot and other platforms like it is to be the place that holds all your customer data in one place. 
And that is exceptionally valuable for lots of reasons. So, you know, it can all be around privacy and making sure that you're not vulnerable to data breaches, for example, if your customer data is held on spreadsheets and in places like that. But it's also really valuable in that every prospect, every customer, that's an opportunity for you to communicate with them yourself. So it's very advantageous to have a platform like HubSpot, but it could also be MailChimp. It could be ActiveCampaign. There are lots of others. And that really helps you to set yourself up to have good conversations with your customers and to be able to convert prospects into customers without paying an ad platform for that. More than ever now, it's important to make sure that you capture your own data as a business and that gives you a lot more power and will kind of protect you in the future as privacy sort of tightens up, which is brilliant for users, but it does make things more challenging for businesses. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Now, um, not everybody is engaging the expertise of someone like yourself. So what does DIY digital marketing look like? And what mistakes are people making if they go down that road? I think starting yourself is really important. And the things that a business should do themselves is their organic social marketing, definitely. So no one knows your brand and your business better than you. So you being the one that posts on, if you're a B2B business, posts on LinkedIn, uh, that writes your bio, that is regularly posting and engaging with your audience there, whether that's on Instagram or TikTok, whatever the audience is, where it becomes more challenging, I suppose, and where I think it is advantageous to bring in experts is when you start to engage with paid digital advertising, where you're putting budget behind it. And you really want to make sure that you know, what is that budget delivering for me? Is it driving valuable actions? You know, if I'm selling a product, is it driving an ad to car? Is it driving a purchase? And that setup is more complex. It's not impossible to do yourself, but I think you'd spend quite a long time Googling and watching YouTube videos, learning how to do that. But the most important thing and the mistake that I see businesses making is that they don't have sufficient tracking in place. So before you put any money into paid advertising, tracking is the most essential thing. So that means having Google Analytics set up so that you can track website behavior as a customer behavior on your website. And it also means um, having the relevant marketing pixels on your website as well. So if you want to do Facebook and Instagram advertising, you need a meta pixel on your website. And that means that Facebook will be able to understand the impact of ads that you serve. So does someone go on to view multiple pages? Do they go on to click add to basket? Do they go on to submit a lead form? What happens after they see that ad? And if you don't have these tracking pixels, you can end up then not understanding what your advertising is doing or focusing on metrics that actually aren't that important. Um, and a website developer would be able to help you to set up that sort of tracking. As you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you've previously worked with a number of large household brands. How do big organizations like that approach digital marketing? Is there anything that we can learn, smaller businesses can learn, from the way that they approach digital marketing? I suppose one of the biggest differences is that often they have big budgets. Um, and as small brands, we don't necessarily have big budgets. But what it does allow them to do is to test to test and learn. And I think that's the big lesson that we take from big brands. So when I was working at the Denswegis Network, we would recommend a 70-20-10 approach. So 70% of your budget goes on the stuff you know really works already. So that's, I don't know, your ad campaign that you know drives a return on investment that is great for you. 20% goes on testing within that channel, new messaging, new creative iterations on your theme. And then 10% is going on something that you just you have no idea if it's going to work. It's a new channel. It's a completely new audience. It's super off the wall creative. It's just something wildly different. 
And I think that that sort of appetite to learn is what we can take for startups, that we are constantly looking and should be looking for ways to grow. So we don't have an over-reliance on just one channel. Like what happens if there is a big shift in, in privacy and data protection and that channel no longer works for you very well. So making sure that you sort of diversify. You touched on metrics a moment ago. Previously, I've heard you mention vanity metrics versus valuable actions. What does this mean exactly and what falls into each category? And I guess an additional question would be, what should business owners be wary of around that area when it comes to the digital marketing? Yeah, so we talked about earlier the importance of tracking and the importance of tracking valuable actions. It very much depends on your business what a valuable action is. But if you're an e-commerce brand, a valuable action is an add to basket, someone actually checking out, or if perhaps they can request a sample from you or they can subscribe to your newsletter, like these are all valuable actions that you need to set up when you set up that tracking pixel. So ensuring that you can see when this event happens is super, super essential. And then what we want to do with advertising is to optimize towards these valuable actions occurring. So if we talk about those being valuable actions, okay, what are the vanity metrics? So it's very easy to get distracted by a lot of other metrics that platforms provide you with, such as the number of impressions, that's the number of times your ad has been served, or the reach of your ads or the click-through rate. And whilst these are, they're very interesting metrics and they, they can help to inform your strategy, they're not your ultimate measure of success. If I put a thousand pounds in and I reach a thousand people, but no one adds to basket, is that successful? Uh, I would say no. So it's about making sure that you are aware of the metrics that really count and that make a difference and that drive commercial value and that you don't allow the ad platforms themselves or, or an agency that you might work with to kind of pull the wool over your eyes by telling you that it's wonderful that you've reached all these people. Let's get into the nitty gritty of this podcast. Um, this podcast is all about advice. Is Me and Co is all about finding the right advice for your business. Laura, what is, and this can be anything at all, one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever received that you've brought with you today? Yeah, so great advice I've received and that I think I try to live by is that perfect is the enemy of good. And this is absolutely essential when you're working with smaller businesses, you know, startup scale-ups that need to move really fast. But I would argue that it's valuable in any business. Often there just really isn't a right answer anyway. So spending a hell of a lot of time, you know, ruminating over how do I get this perfect? The last couple of percent takes a disproportionate length of time. And I think it's way better to put something out there and to test whether it works or not. Like it might not work. And then you've learned something even then. So there's a huge value in failure even. Focus on getting something which is good out the door. Don't worry about it being perfect. There's time to refine down the line. You'll refine better when you have more data as a result of trialing something earlier. That feels like it's particularly relevant with regard to digital marketing in the sense that as somebody who doesn't understand it, has a small business, both those things apply to me, it feels like there needs to be a lot in place before you can start a digital marketing campaign. Are you saying that people just need to get on with those elements that they can or approach somebody who can do those bits for them? Yeah, I think, I still think that tracking is very important. So I think it's worth investing in either upskilling yourself to set that up or paying someone to ensure that you have tracking set up, but then absolutely start testing and start in as formulaic a way as you can, dipping your toe in the water of, of what works, thinking about your audience, thinking about what messages appeal to them best, thinking about 
the types of uh, creative you could use and imagery and those sorts of things. Like getting something out there and seeing what happens is going to really inform how you grow. You really don't know until you try. We work with lots of early stage businesses who've never run advertising at all in the past. And we have to write campaign plans and set budgets and forecast results. And, you know, obviously we have a lot of experience working with other businesses who are trying to achieve similar things. But you really never know until you cut the ads live and you actually see what happens when you put it live in market. So it's hugely valuable in that first couple of months to to see, okay, what happens to actually leave it for a couple of weeks to let it run, um, to let it optimize, to let the campaigns learn, and then to make some really informed decisions from that. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Um, More advice, good advice and bad advice a little bit later on. But first, tell us a, a bit more about We Grow Startups and how you operate differently from not necessarily your competitors, but other people in your space few different things but I suppose one of the things that my clients tell us makes us different is that we bring a really bespoke approach to each client so they talk about um, how it doesn't feel off the shelf at all how it feels like we really listen and reflect and digest and come up with a plan which is absolutely bespoke to them and that is what we aim to do and um, we want to be really consultative in our approach we want to be partners to our clients and we want to learn and grow with them we choose startups and scale-ups that we see as really promising bets being really bespoke in our approaches is very important but obviously making sure that we have consistent principles that we work to which inform our approach and another key thing that i think does make us really different is that we connect our clients with technical marketing experts so Often when you work with agencies, there's kind of middlemen or women who do very valuable things, but it might be your project managers, your client managers, and then somewhere in the background who you rarely speak to is the actual technical experts that run advertising on your behalf, and you might never speak to them directly. That's not the case with us. Your client manager is also your technical expert who decides the marketing strategy, who is looking at the campaign performance and recommending optimizations to you. So that means that they can absolutely make the complex simple. They can explain what they're seeing. They can explain why they think this is going to make it better and do that in a way which is really accessible. So I think that that's a real point of difference for us. And also that we are a startup and we really understand you know, what it means to be an earlier stage business. You know, we understand what it looks like to not have a year of cash flow ahead of you and to have to be quite serious in the decisions you're making and how you choose to spend your investment. And I think we all take that very seriously. You know, often we're working with founders who are running bootstrap businesses and this is their money. And we want to make sure that we spend that in a really responsible way. So that's why we always talk about being relentlessly focused on these valuable actions that we want to drive, because we want to be focused on, you know, your bottom line and and making sure that our campaigns and our work has a real impact. How do you go about reaching new clients? Is it by doing what you preach and by digital marketing? Does word of mouth play a big part too? Absolutely. At the moment, all our new business comes from referral and word of mouth from our network. And that is the most trusted form of advertising. Definitely not afraid to say that. It has cons as well in that it's feast or famine. You know, some weeks you get lots of referrals and some weeks you don't get any referrals. So we increasingly are starting to look at how do we generate prospects from quality sources. And Ismi Co is a really great way to do that. A really great way for us to meet potential new partners and potential customers. And that's been really valuable for us. So your second piece of great advice, if you please, Laura. The second one is all about to live your values and to walk away from toxic relationships. 
It can be really challenging when you are the agency, um, you know, and you're being paid by a client. The, the power dynamic can fall out of place. It can be out of whack. And we've experienced this in the past where you can end up in a place where the respect has gone in the client agency relationship or the boundaries aren't in place in the way that they should be anymore. And it can be very tempting to to focus on the money, <laughs> to focus yeah. on like, well, you know, we really need to retain this business or to focus on just wanting to please. I think probably most people who work in agencies want to please. But honestly, no amount of money is worth your or your team's unhappiness or stress. So it was a really important moment for us when we stepped away from a client who we felt that we really didn't have good values alignment anymore. I draw a lot of strength from knowing that we did that. Your team, you know, your peers, you know, you all respect yourselves more for actually living by the values that you talk about. And for us, you know, that's all about honesty. It's about transparency. It's about respecting one another and just, yeah, valuing, valuing everyone's contribution. And we want to see that sort of reflected in, in the relationship we have with our clients. So, yeah, to live your values and walk away from bad relationships. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Now, finally, because everybody likes a, a bit of a disaster story or a, a bit of drama, what's the worst piece of advice that you've ever received? I found this so hard and I actually ended up asking loads of people <laughs> to think of this terrible advice, but the sentiment to just man up or to push through, I think this is terrible advice, but I see it a lot in, not even necessarily spoken about, but in culture. And that is changing, I think. But this sort of feeling of like you really need to be very dedicated to your work and you need to give all of your energy to your work and presenteeism and you need to be in the office and all of these things that mean that people put themselves and their personal lives very much secondary or maybe even tertiary. For us at WGS, we really focus on creating and maintaining boundaries at work and have a good work-life balance. And, you know, I want myself and the team to have as much energy for our personal lives as we do for work. You know, we implement a lot of new schemes, I suppose, to try and help that happen. So we now have a nine day fortnight in the business. We also have no calls allowed on a Friday to allow people to have that time and space to wrap up their week in a, you know, in a really constructive way and not to feel, you know, overly pressured going into the weekends. Yeah, the idea that you should just be manning up or pushing through, (laughs) very against that. And a client's quite understanding if you if you put those um, boundaries in early and say when you aren't available, have clients been understanding around that? Yeah, I think um, I find my clients are really intrigued. They really want to know how it's going. And I think we are very data focused. So we do a lot of tracking around how is this impacting the relationships with clients and with team members. We look at how it impacts the team's creativity and problem solving skills. We look at how it impacts their stress and their well-being. And what we saw from making these changes from the beginning was just cumulative improvements over time so not just an initial uplift but a continued uplift as a result of having these sorts of policies in place so we know it's working well and then for our clients it's not about abandoning them on these days so we make sure that we have a rotor in place so that half the team is always working any given Friday it's the other half of the team that are having that time off so we're always contactable We, we feel confident that our clients always have someone that they know they can speak to. Thank you very much to Laura Daniel of We Grow Startups. Thank you very much, Ed. It's been lovely talking to you. If you found these pieces of advice useful and you'd like access to other experts covering all aspects of running a business, firstly, subscribe to the podcast, naturally, but also head to ismeandco.com where you'll find all kinds of advice for business leaders. See you next time. Thank you very much for listening.